Listener Production. Wall Street surges on debt ceiling progress. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Monday with ALS, the testing services company, releasing earnings. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Monday, May 29. Ryan, what a weekend it's been. We've had a breakthrough on the US debt ceiling issue that has been casting such a dark and deep pall over the markets for the last couple of weeks. The soap opera continues, Tom. White House negotiators were trying to get to terms and they've finally made a breakthrough. The deal that's been agreed between President Joe Biden and Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Saturday suggests the deal will suspend the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling until January 2025, allowing the government to pay its bills. Yeah, and even before that, there was a little bit of sunshine coming through a crack in the wall where the, the deadline was being extended a little bit further into June. So there was you know, progress on a couple of fronts, but certainly fascinating to see the way that these markets have behaved in response to the news, Ryan, because it's important to understand that almost a sideline show were the economic figures of the evening, uh, which are so important to the market's deliberations on interest rates. The Figures that let's let's call them by their name the uh, PC, the personal income and expenditure deflator, which is contained in the personal income and spending numbers, and you wonder why kids aren't attracted to economics with titles like that. <laughs> Quickly explain these figures are a measure of what workers have earned and spent over the course of the last month. Within those numbers, there is a measure of inflation, the PCE deflator. I think we've explained that a couple of times, but you cannot um, talk about it enough, really. Well, we did see consumer spending surge by 0.8% last month, Tom, and that was good news in that it was showing the US economy is not on the precipice of a recession, but it's really discomforting for policymakers looking for a slowdown that could ease that upward pressure on prices. And we did see the underlying core inflation rate, so that number that excludes volatility around food and energy prices... That was at 4.7% over the year to April. That was up from the 4.6% pace in March. And that really underscored the less than steady progress on the Fed's inflation fight. They actually target a 2% rate. So we're a million miles from that. We're at the a universe away from it. But I suppose just to break all of that down into human language, these numbers were firm. They were on the higher side of expectations. They weren't blowing the doors off. Um, so... I suppose that's why the market was still able to hold its composure. It was up at the upper bound of expectations. It was tolerable in the context of the better news that was being received elsewhere. But I suppose if there is a small salvation, Ryan, is that the uh, income numbers uh, were steady in, in relation to the last month. That's significant because that tight labour market has been problematic in terms of yielding those higher wages. The fact that the income side of things is at least under control for the moment, that's encouraging. We did see, of course, a big focus on things like food prices and energy prices. Food prices fell by less than 0.1%. Energy prices increased 0.7%. So we are still seeing those food prices increase by about 7% over the year. So that is really feeding into that cost of living concern at the moment. And that's why the Fed potentially the central bank will look to act. We've now seen markets pricing in a 56% chance that the Fed will enact another quarter percentage point interest rate hike at the June meeting. Prior to that, most people were thinking they were on... They could uh, be on hold. They'll be on hold or a pause. 
So I suppose, and you know, for, for people who are still becoming familiar with our conversation, it really just highlights what a blunt instrument interest rates are. So you know, you've seen these successive rate hikes, but food is still you know, rising in terms of its expense at the household level at a rapid clip in annual terms. It, it, it's really a scorched earth approach in some respects when it comes to the the way that central banks, and not only the US, but around the world are behaving. And at the same time, the focus on government spending in the United States yep. has also been really something that investors have been looking at because an increase in government spending at a time of higher inflation would potentially mean that interest rates would have to increase further. So that's partly why... It's an it's opportunity, the debt ceiling uh, issue, is to actually perhaps you know, indeed put a ceiling on inflationary expectations at a government level at least. That's part of the reason why there's been a big focus by investors over the course of the last week, apart from the concern about a potential default on June the 5th. Indeed. So the other important driver of events at the weekend was a story that we mentioned almost every day for the last couple of weeks, and that is uh, the AI story, which continued to drive the NASDAQ higher. It was up by almost two and a quarter percent. The NASDAQ so far this year, Ryan, up 24 percent. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index is up 40% in year-to-date terms. And there were some stunning performances at the end of last week. In fact, uh, arguably one of the drivers of the tech space was Marvell. Uh, this is an organization that uh, is involved in the uh, tech space. They had a very encouraging update and they've highlighted that they expect AI to see their sales double over the course of the next year, and that's part of the reason why the stock was up by 32% on Friday, and that was a continuation of similar updates that we have seen out of tech stocks in recent weeks where they uh, invoke AI as being uh, an important catalyst for them in the near term. Well, we did see Broadcom shares up 11.5%. It was amongst the strongest performers on the S&P 500 index. And Intel was up 5.8%, the strongest performer on the Dow Jones. So we continue to see the euphoria around artificial intelligence really lifting those. Micron technology was up 6%. Teradyne, which is actually not directly associated with AI, but it's a tester of equipment um, like chips uh, and other pieces of equipment in that space, up 6%. Qualcomm up 6%. So it's a very compelling story at the moment, just in terms of the momentum. And it was a couple of weeks ago, Ryan, where we were talking about the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index Th uh, threatening the upper end of its recent price range. We and, did. Uh, because a week ago, it actually opened lower. It, it, it looked like it was going to back away from those levels. It's broken out now for the technicians amongst the audience. Uh, it, this, this week will actually be very significant to work out whether or not it's prepared to consolidate outside of the range that it's occupied for the last couple of weeks, or indeed the last couple of months. Indeed, and one of the other important things to note is that in the recent earnings calls that we've heard from analysts and companies, 110 companies cited that artificial intelligence was important in terms of their future growth prospects. That compares to the five-year average of just 57. So really the frenzy continues and a lot of talk about a productivity boom. Yes. We've had that productivity focus around the world, the fact that it has slowed and, and has had a big impact on the labour I mean, market and, and economic look, growth. It's another story um, in the bigger picture, but when you see these sorts of leaps forward in relation to technology, they are 
disinflationary or even potentially deflationary. So, I mean, that's not going to affect the Fed's thinking in the next couple of months, but bigger picture in the context of a decade or two, you know, these types of uh, uh, improvements in the way humans organise themselves are very significant. One of the other things that stood out on Friday as well, Tom, was Ford Motor. Its shares rallied 6.2% following a deal to use Tesla's electric vehicle charging station. So Ford owners will have access to more than 12,000 Tesla superchargers in both the US and Canada. So we did see Tesla shares up 4.7%, but what's your view on that development? I I find it fascinating that you have a disruptor like Tesla and an incumbent like Ford coming together. They are two very potent influences. Uh, and if nothing else, you want to see how that conversation continues and how they continue to partner potentially and what that means in terms of influencing the EV landscape. If there are people who are doubting the longevity of, of, of EV, well then, you know, um, I think that, that ship has sailed a long time ago. But in terms of the local market this week, Ryan, what stands out to me is that you know all of those positive levers as far as the US uh, is concerned. So you can see that already in terms of the ASX's performance this year. We're up by about one and a half percent. Compare that to the S and P five hundred, which is up by about ten percent. We might see a continuation of that trend in the near term. Well, if you look at what happened in terms of Friday's situation in China, we saw Chinese steel prices hit three-year lows. And really, that's concerns around demand at the moment. We have seen steel mill profitability down. That said, on Friday in London trade, we saw Rio Tinto shares up by 3.5% after Morgan Stanley upgraded its rating to overweight from equal weight. So maybe those analysts are seeing something that we're not at the moment. But certainly, we have seen materials, financials being a significant drag on the Aussie market so far this year. But the if you look at the material sector, it looks like it's going to continue to be a bit of a drag today. But energy shares are up 1% on Friday, so that could be a support for the Aussie share market today. Indeed. It's a fascinating week as far as the uh, next couple of days are concerned. It's not really one that sort of uh, has the heart racing. Uh, you've got the Reserve Bank Governor testifying in um, Parliament this week, giving an appraisal of the economy. That's worth uh, tuning into. But what, what do you think is going to be the defining outcome this week, Ryan? In terms of the Aussie market, we get some of the indicators which feed into GDP or economic growth. Retail in March sales. And the main one, apart from construction work done and, and business investment or capital spending, is the, is the monthly indicator for inflation. So that comes out on Wednesday. That is expected to come in, according to Commonwealth Bank economists, at 6.4%. So that's actually a slight lift from 6.3% in March. So really, that's going to have a big impact on pricing around the Reserve Bank if that does materialise. An interesting week looms ahead. And just quickly to wrap up, the ASX 200 is expected to kick off with a very solid improvement this morning with a gain of a percent, reflecting the equally robust gains that we saw on Wall Street at the weekend with the Nasdaq leading the charge up two and a quarter percent. The S&P 500 was up 1.3 percent and the Dow Jones rose by about a percent. And the Aussie dollar not vastly changed from where it was on Friday. It's trading at 65.2 US cents. 
Also today, ALS, which is a testing services company, is scheduled to release its full-year results in Australia. ALS has provided financial year 2023 underlying net profit after tax guidance of between $312 million and $322 million. So investors should look out for that release today. Finally, look, we're only weeks into our new effort when it comes to podcasting, Ryan, and I know you and I would love to hear from our audience. We would indeed. Good, bad or indifferent. Yes, uh, we'll take it on the chin. Just reach out, say day, and uh, we'd be delighted to um, uh, respond to your feedback. So please do that. And other than that, have a wonderful day. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.